Welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer, where you'll hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to grow your business and sell it for maximum profitability. If you want to learn lawyer-proven strategies for building and exiting your business, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, J.P. McAvoy, is a business lawyer, college professor, and best-selling author who has been assisting clients start, grow, and sell their businesses for millions of dollars for over 15 years. Will yours be the next? Now here's your host, J.P. McAvoy. Hello, and thanks for joining us here today. On today's show, we've got Blake Brogan, who's uh, in the financial services industry. He is with Money Insights, and you'll hear a number of the strategies he's developed over there over time, the way he's working with his clients, and I guess the way they're addressing some of the changes in society here today, from work to investing, and I guess we'll also say from a personal perspective as well. Here is Blake Brogan. Blake, thanks so much for uh, joining us here today. I guess you're in Michigan right now. I am in Michigan, JP, and uh, very excited to be on the show here. Great, great. Thanks for being here. Uh, so the office, I guess, you, well, you're in Michigan. How is the office situated? How do you guys uh, have things? Because you know, Money Insights itself is, well, it's, it extends right across the country, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So we used to have an office years ago. So we, we have been ready for the COVID situation in the virtual world for quite a while. So for you know five years or so ago, we, we got rid of an office. And so now we our team is pretty much located all, all around the country. I'm in Michigan. A lot of uh, People work out in Utah, but yeah, we're, we're spread out, but we're able to serve people all around the country doing what we're doing here. That's just the way it works. Now, and beyond, throughout the country and beyond, you're doing anything in Canada, in, in Europe, Asia, anything like that? Yeah, we do some in Canada. Primarily, most of our clients are in, are in the United States or people who have a tie to the United States in some way. Yeah, fair enough, which is great. And as you say, now we're doing things, I mean, you for a number of years, five years are well ahead of it. What is it like working with clients? They've all come along and they've all been along for the ride as well, right? Yeah. And, and we've seen, you know, really over the five years, the world has changed so much. It used to be a place where you want to meet with people locally. You want to sit down at the table, build that rapport face to face. But kind of as we've, as we've gotten into it, as the world's changed, you know, I'll, I'll do meetings sometimes with people down the street and we'll do it via Zoom just because I got all the tools to do that and then we'll go out for lunch afterwards. So we really even focus on purely doing stuff virtually now, which is, which has been unique, but a fun way to go. And that's just the way it is. Now, what's the, what are things like in Michigan? I mean, aside from, you know, we'll talk money insights in a minute, but what are they like just generally in society right now? Is it at all locked down or is it starting to open? What do I mean? How do you, how would you assess the situation? You know, Michigan's pretty unique in that it's a diverse state within the state. So it depends on where you live. So I live in East Lansing, Michigan, which is a university town. So Michigan State University is in my hometown. So you see even things on the campus are more locked down. There's more rules versus on the other side of the street, which is a little more wide open. So depending on where you go, you know, major cities, obviously, it's, you know, there's some, some more restrictions there. But for the most part, it's pretty wide open and we're, and we're still rolling. There you go, rolling. And when's the last time you've left Michigan? The last time I have left Michigan, well, I'm leaving in a couple of days to go for Christmas to Missouri, but I actually can't remember. You know, I went to Arizona earlier this year, took my wife on a little anniversary trip. So we did some hiking out in Arizona. And so did you notice a big difference between one and the other? You know, I didn't. I really didn't. And maybe it's, it's the way that we were of where we were in Arizona, but we were kind of hitting out in the mountains and hiking around. So smaller towns, I don't know if it would have been different. And, you know, if you go to Phoenix or Scottsdale, but, you know, we were... We were traveling around, so didn't see much difference there. Yeah, it's interesting to say to see it, and uh, as I, you know, I mean, been doing this podcast for some time now. This is it's interesting to think that this podcast is almost a record of 
the way things have been and in different places. You know, as I ask these type of questions of people, wherever they may be from, usually, you know, well, all over the States, obviously throughout Canada, some, I had a couple of people from Europe on the show as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, everybody's sort of getting a different flavor. We've all been dealing with it. And as you say, it's, it's impacted business. We know that it's changed the way business is being done. I, I think forever. Would you agree with that statement? I mean, we're now doing stuff in a way you've been doing it for some time, but I think everybody's got to the place where there are some things that are learned and some things that are going to stick. I agree that we're on the, some things are going to stick and probably I would lean on the most things are going to stick. And one of the things that I noticed, you know, working with younger people, we adapted to the technology. We were very comfortable working with someone who we had maybe seen content from or whatever. Like we wanted to work with the expert regardless of where they were, where maybe the generation before, you know, it's very much like a, who do you know, kind of thing. We want to work with people in town, but I've even seen, you know, in working with, you know, older clients, People are very comfortable on Zoom. And frankly, I think the freedom factor, certainly if you work in an office, you have that camaraderie and you can shake some hands, but the ability to maybe have an office or a place where you go to part-time, but also the freedom to be able to move around to different states is, yeah, as you said, I think it's more here to stay than the opposite. Yeah. And hopefully we're taking the best of, right? The way you just described, maybe these hybrid models where, yeah, a bit of FaceTime, a bit of office time, but having flexibility to do things from wherever, whenever, you know, all those types of things. Let's all focus on taking the best of this and, you know, leave the, yeah. leave the worst of it behind us. Because I think community is still super important, right? So I think one of the things that people found, at least I found is if, you know, if you're at home all day long, you know, maybe some people don't, and actually enjoy being isolated from other people. But yeah, you want to try to find find the best ways to do it. And if you have a group of people who you can work with, you know, and stay in community with them, that's really the That's the, the way to do world. it. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it is nice. It is nice to visit or see people from time to time. That's just the way we are as human beings. Of course, it's also nice to do things from home. So we have the yeah. ability to do that. It's been pretty good for a podcast, as you can Certainly. imagine, the numbers up on, on this show quite dramatically. And uh, people are obviously listening from wherever they are. You guys have a yeah. show as well, right? Tell me about the show that you have. Yeah, we do. We have a podcast that has not been around as long as yours has. So the Money Insights podcast, one of the things that we really focus on, kind of our tagline is taking people from high income to high net worth. So our podcast, like yours, has a lot of guests on, and we really try to emphasize practical strategies to teach really more geared towards high income earners, practical steps towards taking them from high income and developing strategies that, that can produce more cash flow and really increase their net worth. And so what are some of those strategies? I mean, it's obviously that's, that's a lofty goal. It's one to aspire to. What are some of the strategies Certainly. you discuss? Yeah. So really one of the main things that we focus on is something that we call the investment optimizer. So if you have a business owner or someone who's alternative investor or cash flow investor, maybe real estate, could be notes, could be you know their business, whatever they're doing. One of the things that we try to help them do, if you think about how money is flowing in and out of investment. So if we have a a nice thing that we're investing, let's call it a real estate syndication. Most people understand how that works. Well, as money, the typical way that people flow money in and out of that investment is to build up cash in a savings account, a money market account, right? The downside is, is as money's in those accounts, we're not really earning anything. There's no tax benefits, right? So money's just kind of sitting there losing value to inflation. And then we liquidate that, put it in the investment. And then as that investment kicks off cash flow, where does it go? It goes right back in the bank account. And it's not really doing a whole lot there. So one of the primary strategies that we help people do is optimize where their money is sitting in and out of deals. And I don't know if you want to get into some more of the details of that, but really how do we have our money working for us in multiple places at the same time, actually? Yeah. Well, let's dig into that a little more because as you say, keeping it working, where are some of the places you see people have it where it ought not to be? So again, most people probably would put money into bank accounts, money market accounts, 
where we're not, we have the safety, we have liquidity, right? We need that if we're out there looking for opportunities to invest our money, or we could keep it in a brokerage account that's liquid, but obviously we don't have that safety and protection, right? It can, it can flow up and down. So the strategies that we help people with are actually utilizing a very special type of life insurance policy, which is interesting enough. Now it's not life insurance that you might've heard where we're primarily focused on the death benefit. It's actually the exact opposite where we're focused on the, the living benefits or accumulating cash value. So essentially what happens is you can deposit money into this account and then you're building up you're building up cash value that's liquid it's safe it has tax advantages the returns that we can get you know over the life is somewhere between 4 to 5% and again for high income earners when you include that that's tax free it's a pretty significant benefit there's some creditor protection just you know depending on where you live but then the real fun part comes when you can actually leverage these policies to go invest so let's just say, for example, if I have $100,000 that I'm building up in my, what we refer to as the opportunity fund, right? These specially designed life insurance policies. If we have $100,000 and we deploy $80,000, let's say, into an investment, well, we can still have the full $100,000 having all those benefits, earning that return, and we can use that money to go invest into the real estate. And so essentially what this policy is doing is just working as like a supercharged opportunity fund for people who are business owners, investing in business, or maybe real estate investors, things like that. Yeah. And you can see the power of, of doing just that. Blake, can you describe borrowing against it? That's so fascinating. Think. So there's an, it's obviously an asset that, I, I mean, how difficult is it actually to borrow against it though? So that's one of the unique parts about it is that the way that we access funds is via a loan. So as opposed to going to a third-party lender like a bank or something where you have to apply for that loan, right? You have to be approved. And then once you're approved, there's going to be a payback schedule that you have to operate on. Using these policies, it's actually totally the opposite. So the cash value of what you've built up is serving as the collateral for the loan that you're getting from the actual insurance company. So the insurance company that have the policies are the ones who's issuing the loan. So they don't even care when or even if you repay them because they have your cash value essentially it's earning it's essentially like a line of credit you know against the cash so what that allows us to do as investors or business owners is we can just use this as pretty much our own privatized kind of banking system or money flowing in and out of type of policy so whenever opportunities arise you know it's as simple as requesting the funds and all they're going to say is you know where do you want the money wired to so then we take those funds and we then we go build wealth and the things that we were already going to build wealth with. So one of the unique parts about the strategy is we're not at all saying, you know, life insurance is really the ultimate place to be, you know, building your wealth. That's not it at all. The reality is, is as you learn how to flow the money in and through the policies, then you can leverage those and do all the wealth building activities that you were going to do anyways. It's just that as money's flowing in and out, again, we have the safety liquidity, the tax benefits and, and significantly higher rates of return than people are getting elsewhere. Mm, it, it does sound really powerful. Now you keep mentioning the cash value, and I guess that's are you. You must be limited by the cash value, or is there a multiplier at all? Yeah, so you're you're limited by the cash value. So very specifically, you know, we're, we're talking about life insurance, and so there's the cash value, there's the death benefit. So the priority when most people, like if you just went to an insurance agent and said, you know, I want life insurance and I want to put hundred thousand dollars a year into life insurance. Well, the priority is going to be on the death benefit. 
Where we do it, there's actually some IRS limitations, but essentially it's like, okay, if I want to put $100,000 into a life insurance policy, what's the least amount of death benefit? So there, there is certainly a significant death benefit that's associated with it. But the power of the strategy is that we're focused on building up cash value very quickly that we can leverage against really as soon as 30 days after the policy has gone in force. And so there were also, you know, we're going to have access to capital very quickly to go do the things that we're doing anyways. But there's also, you know, the growth is much more significant than you could get in just a typical policy if you were focused on on the death benefit primarily. Yeah, if you're looking at the insurance or the, the death benefit side of things. Yeah. So, I mean, I appreciate it. I'm not sure how much you can say as well, but uh, if we could talk through scenarios that maybe illustrate, you just cited, you know, $100,000. If somebody said they had $100,000 to play with or give you, how would that build itself out? Yep. That's a great question. So. Money in life insurance, if we're going to retain all the tax benefits that I've been talking about, and I'll just hit on that. So it kind of works from a taxation perspective, like a Roth IRA, where you're, you're earning a dollar, you pay tax on that dollar, you put it into the policy, it grows tax deferred, but then the way that you can access it via these loans, it's completely tax-free. So once the dollar's gone in, we've eliminated all, all taxes going forward. But to answer your question specifically, money typically goes in on an annual basis. So it's not that we're just putting money in on a one-time basis. The way that we kind of think about it is we want to get dollars that are going to be used for investing anyways. If you run the numbers, understand the math and all the benefits, we really just try to look at dollars that we're going to go into investing. Can we get them into this policy first and then leverage those to go do the investing that we were already going to do? And so one of the unique parts is, you know, you don't need to wait as some people think with life insurance, you need to wait many years to get any of these benefits. When you can structure them in the proper way, you know, we can essentially, we have a lot of our clients are just flowing money into the policy. And then very, very quickly, a week, 30 days later, they're turning around and, and leveraging that policy to go do the things that they were already going to do anyway. So oftentimes money's going in on an annual basis. However, there's a lot of flexibility. Again, when you design them in, in a way that it's not like you have to put in $100,000 every year. It's essentially we build them so they're a, it's a flexible savings asset that you can kind of do whatever you want with. Great. And we're talking personally. Can this all be done corporately as well? It can be done corporately. There's some nuances when it goes into that, you know, just, just depending on structure. Typically, it's owned personally is most common. There are ways you can use, you know, as like a retirement benefit type of thing or some other strategies, but primarily business owners are taking that income, paying tax on that income, and then owning it personally so that you retain all the control of the policy and you can operate it really however you want. Okay, great. And uh, okay, I think you answered that there. I have some clients or I know of people that are keeping money inside a corporation. Is there a different yeah. product available for that? Or you, obviously this strategy is not the one that you're, you'd be steering people towards by the sounds of things. Again, it's, the details can get a little hairy if you do have have questions. If you have a lot of money in the business, it absolutely can be used for the business. So, you know, if, if that's of something of interest, you can check out our website, which is moneyinsights.net. Just kind of look through some of the material. One of the things that we kind of pride ourselves in is that we're not really reaching out to people to say, hey, do you want to do these kind of strategies? We provide a lot of resources. So if you do want to check out our podcast or go to moneyinsights.net, you'll find tons of information that's there and it's all free. It's not even behind any login wall or anything. So feel free to go check yeah, that you've out. Yeah, you guys have great resources. That's quite helpful. For, yeah. So you yeah. say going to the website, there's a lot that's uh, offered up there. And obviously, there's a couple of things that you'd for people to get more involved or to get to, I guess, a more detailed, uh, more detailed answers for you. What's the best way to do that? Yeah. Again, those probably those two places are, are going to be the best. Moneyinsights.net is our website. And that's a lot 
you can kind of scroll through there. We have a whole education center that's got white papers. Um, it has a lot of video content, testimonials, those kind of things. But then we also have the podcast. So if you're saying, okay, some of these strategies might be interesting, you know, we kind of have some interest intro videos on there. Our podcast is really where to go. We have some deep dives that we've done. We've had quite a few clients actually on that podcast as well. So if you're someone who's like, you know, maybe this sounds kind of interesting and I would love to know how other people are using it. The podcast is probably going to be the best place to, to go and check that out. Yeah. It's such a powerful medium, right? You can gain so much insight by doing that. As you say, even having clients on, so uh, they've probably been able to describe uh, their experience, which I'm sure is very yeah, helpful. It is. It certainly is because it's one thing I think to hear in concept. I mean, if someone's listening to the show right now and they're hearing me talk, it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, that, that sounds good, you know, but how have people actually used it? And so we, we do try to focus on any client who's willing to kind of share their story about how they're actually utilizing the strategy to enhance the investing that they're doing. If they're willing to come on and share their story. You know, that's really the fun part is hearing how actually how it's impacted the people who are, who are using it. Yeah, that's great stuff. So Blake, take us through some ways because you say it's for funds that would have been ordinarily invested or earmarked Mm -hmm. for investment. So what are Mm -hmm. typical investments? What does that horizon look like for you right now as well? So the one place that doesn't totally work would be the more, let's call it typical type of investment. So your 401k where money's going in, it's kind of locked up, right? We're accumulating it there for a couple of decades where this is really a powerful strategy. It's all got to go into Bitcoin, right? It's You got to put every penny into Bitcoin. That's good because just by saying the words, that'll flag. This show will be picked (laughs) up by all the Bitcoin listeners. There you go. Everything into Bitcoin. That's that's my financial advice. <laughs> so the way what we're t- typically looking for are cash flowing type investments. So anything that would go into the alternative space. You know, it could be owning businesses. It could be real estate. Syndications are are really the perfect example where people are might be a little more passive. They want to invest in real estate, but anything that we're deploying dollars in with the idea that those are going to generate cash flow back into our lives. And the reason that we're doing that is because that's when money is starting to cycle in and out of bank accounts. And so, you know, some people have this idea of, you know, as soon as those dollars are getting in the bank account, right, they're, they're just, they're not being productive. Well, what the strategy really allows you to do is, in my opinion, be a little more reasoned with the, the type of investing that you're doing, because you know that you're getting, you know, you have the safety and production, but you have the tax benefit, you have significantly more growth. So if you're someone who's let's call it, you know, dry powder, kind of waiting for deals, right? This strategy really allows you, in my opinion, to be a lot more patient, look for the right deals that are going to suit your situation. You can earn higher rates of return, but, you know, do so in a way where you have more control and and more growth while you're waiting in between deals. You see people keeping their powder dry right now? Because it seems like people are firing all cylinders for what I'm seeing. That that is certainly true. That is certainly true. Depending, yeah, depending on the person, money is flowing right now. There's there's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's amazing times. It's amazing, you know, you know, the way we began this conversation because you'd think it would have been you know much different, but no, it seems mm-hmm. to be firing in all cylinders, which is just incredible to think. And I think part of it is, I mean, interest rates being so low, opportunities being being available. You know, depending on what your feelings are on where the market's going, there's just a lot of opportunities there. So. You know, as, as you start accumulating capital and looking for deals, people who have access to funds, there's more than enough deals really out there. And really, one of the things that we try to help people with is also, as we're kind of building our community, having being a resource for people on, okay, if I'm a high income earner, if I want to start moving into this alternative space, where am I going to start to look? Where, where are the groups that I can find? And so one of the, the resources, obviously, that we have, as we've talked about a little bit, is our podcast is really a way where we're kind of building a community and introducing people to 
places that they might not have known have existed. And again, when you start throwing in some client testimonials and hearing about how people are utilizing the strategy, how it's kind of impacted what they're doing financially, right? It's a win-win. Yeah, it sure can be set up that way. And yeah, as you sort of set the table that way, what what do you think the future of the markets looks like right now? That's a tough question. I said, I, you know, and it's it, a tough question. I appreciate that as I, even as I yeah. ask it, but you know, I, I like to get it sort of you know, we'll call it an informal survey, right? Because you'd have to yeah. ask enough people, you start to get some indication. Certainly. You know, I have never been, even from a young age, talking in business from that age, I have never been a huge believer in my money needs to go into the stock market. That's primarily the place that I'm going to build my wealth. And it, it's not that I think that that's a wrong thing for anybody to do. I came out you know, I started to go into school in 2009, right after the 2008 crash. And I'm, I'm not like a market kind of scare guy. However, as I've just been around, started to be around more high income people, higher net worth people, I've seen the power of cash flow investing and alternative investing. So really the idea, regardless of what you're doing with your money, the financial freedom that we're kind of all after, right? We need to replace the income that we have that we're out working for with some type of cash flow, whether that be building up assets in traditional accounts and spending those down, right, to replace our working income, or the alternative route would be onto the the cash flow, so deploying our money into things that are going to start bringing cash into our life right now. So I have always been more geared towards the alternative space myself personally. But where do we see the market going? That's a, I don't know. It's it's such a tough question. Obviously, we've been on such an incredible run here since you know the last what 10, 12 years, up, up, up. Interest rates are quite low. I would assume that it's going to come down here pretty quick, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm the best one to be speculating on this. No, no. Thing. As I say, that's why it's that informal, uh, informal yeah. question, right? And obviously, uh, you know, this is not investment advice. It's just you know yep. where where people's guts are telling them. And as you say, it's just gone up. I mean, I think that clear. We're hearing consistently that interest rates are going to rise. So that yeah, certainly. With that, it brings usually takes some air out of the balloon. You know, and be wise that way. And I guess inflation. What's the impact of inflation from your perspective? Inflation is something that needs to be factored into everything that we're doing. So this is where I think real estate investing has become way more powerful. Because if you think about long-term debt, if we have fixed mortgage debt, as inflation continues to rise, well, what's happening to the value of the debt? It's actually decreasing, right? So if we have all of our eggs in a basket that's just being, you know, inflation's hitting it, that's tough, right? To be able to build up accounts that we're going to spend down when you factor in inflation, the numbers that you need to accumulate are significantly, are they're just really large numbers. Well, if we can utilize debt, again, some people have great views on debt. Other people have negative view on debt. Well, debt, if done correctly, can be an incredible tool, especially if you look at where you know debt levels are in America, certainly, if you think inflation is going to keep going, then having some debt instruments that you can actually move, use inflation to help you create more wealth can be a significant advantage. Yeah, there's good debt and bad debt, as you say. And yeah. uh, I guess there's certainly good debt to have during inflationary times. And I guess real estate would be one good place. It would be other places that you could think of. You know, what we're looking for is really long fixed rate notes. And so mortgages really are the best place for that. I mean, depending on types of businesses could be helped by higher inflationary periods, but yeah, real estate and business would be the two I would lean towards. Yeah. Certainly the best places at first instance. Yeah. What other type of general advice do you give to people? I mean, obviously you talk about the strength of the, the strategies you develop with your team. 
what are the just general advice uh, that you give to people as you know they're looking to accumulate their own personal net worth? Yeah, a big thing is starting to think outside the box. So even if you're what I'm calling typical 401k, you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds type of investor, start to have an honest picture of okay, is this route that I'm going right? Maybe I'm accumulating a big number. Is that going to be enough for me to retire off? you know, comfortably and safely? Or does it make sense to start flowing some or thinking about some alternative things that could create cash flow into my life today? So as you're starting to think about that picture, you know, just having a realistic conversation with yourself is, should I just be kind of following the standard advice that's out there? And for some people, they may be on the right path. They work with good advisors and and they know that they can do what they're doing comfortably. But generally, I think if you look at you know, kind of where the world is trending, thinking outside the box is going to be more important in the future, especially when you look at inflation and taxes. How can we be wise with with what we're doing with our dollars today that can put us on the right side of those type of things? Yeah. And I think that's the key, right? Uh, thinking outside of the box right now, that's where we are. I mean, we make jokes about Bitcoin and these things, but these alternative investments, I mean, there's there's yeah. a new reality coming, isn't there? That's certainly my feeling. And I think especially, you know, I'm a little bit on the younger side. I have worked with quite a few older clients and I have started to see just, you know, people who have followed the typical model as they start gearing towards retirement, maybe they've loved where they've been positioning their cash as they've kind of accumulated money. But as they start to turn into that distribution phase of life, sometimes there can be, you know, some aha moments of like, man, this might not have actually been really the best place for me to be accumulating wealth and distributing it from uh, once you get to the other side of the mountain. So I feel very fortunate personally to have been around people who are more seasoned and have gone through more life experiences and kind of see, you know, what, what's worked well, what hasn't worked well. And, and we don't, you know, ascribe that every person needs to follow. Here's our seven step process. That's not really what we, we do. But as you start to look at your overall, overall financial picture, where the country, you know, in the world is heading, right. You know, there are certainly significant and really impactful strategies that are out there that you might not just be hearing about, you know, in mass media. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Right, going back to that as well, where where you get your information from, right? Obviously, great podcasts like this, talking to great people like you. So, thanks for coming on today. We appreciate having you on to discuss these things. What do you got planned through the holidays? Anything that uh, is going to take you into, I guess, areas that you may have not done otherwise? You know, I'm from Michigan and married a, a woman from Missouri, so I have gone for about the last seven years since we've been married down to Missouri to meet with her family. She lives in a very rural area. So I'm, you know, university town. It's not, not a massive city, but it, it's certainly busy. She lives in an actually a, a town with no stoplight. So it's definitely a change. Don't blink pace, or you'll miss it, right? I'm sure that's don't the Don't blink joke. or you'll miss it. Yeah, it's exactly right. A couple, you know, much smaller town, but it, it's nice to get away for a week or so and kind of, you know, get some R&R down in Missouri. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Blake, thanks so much for being on the show today. I wish you and your wife all the best with that and uh, and your family, extended family as well. I like to leave these shows with one thing that uh, people can take okay. with them through, sort of through the rest of the day, the rest of the week, you know, something to think through, either, whether it be their finances or anything in that regard. You obviously have some insight there. What would you leave people with here today? I think it's, it's one thing that I hit on in the show is it just take an honest assessment of where I am, where I'm going, and is the people around me where I, you know, the people who I need around me. Now that could be any part that could be business. It could be, you know, your, your friends or your church or whatever. It's like, do the people I'm surrounding myself with, do I want my life to look like their lives are looking? So surround yourself with the best people you possibly can. 
that's such great advice on so many levels. Blake, thanks so much for uh, surrounding yourself with us today. Did I say that right? I don't know what that even means, yeah, but thanks did. for being you here with it. us today. Appreciate that. I look forward to next time on The Millionaire's Lawyer. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Please subscribe and rate on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. To get your business millionaire assessed and to access the wide variety of resources that we offer in addition to this podcast, go to jpmcavoy.com. That's jpmcavoy.com.